Still Kirby. Lovely check. Kirby! Welcome to another episode of the Fran Kirby's Fight Club, the home for all things Chelsea FC and of course, well, Chelsea FCW, and of course, the legend that is Fran Kirby. I'm your host, Andre Carlisle. I'm a writer and a podcaster somehow. I guess y'all would know me like that because you're listening to me. But uh, yeah, <laughs> with uh, We Ain't Got No History and also on a couple other platforms. And I am joined today, as always, by Mariam. Mariam, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. I've had like I had a bit of a holiday, so I've had a few days off. Went down to Brighton, had some really good Italian Ooh. food, and and got to cap off the weekend by watching Fran Kirby score again. So, what more can a girl dream of? <laughs> All right, I was going to say pizza. That sounds like a good good weekend. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Um, mine was significantly less eventful, but I still did get to witness Fran Kirby greatness, and we are always here for that. So we're gonna run down uh, the. The Everton match, Chelsea's 4-0 win over Everton. Uh, but first, before we do that, we need to get to Mariam's favorite part of the show, the and predictions. We know, we know what part is exactly the predictions. <laughs> and, you know, it is my favorite part of the show, but this week I'm a little, you know, I'm a little down about my own prediction because obviously oh, no. Chelsea won 4-0 and, and your prediction happens to be closer to the result. So. <laughs> Just so it happened to be. Yeah. I got the right number of goals. I just thought Everton would get one. I'm glad they didn't, but uh, that was it. Yeah, so you went with 3-1 and I said 2-1 because I thought, you know, on on the back of the Arsenal performance, I thought we'd be a bit more conservative. But how can, you know, knowing with Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby inside, how could you possibly go for a 2-1 result? So I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> I have to hand over the points, but, you know, next week it's a new week. Points still up for grabs. You know, I'm not that far behind. <laughs> That's true. It's the season's early. It's early. It's early in the season. <laughs> um, so yeah, as as uh, as Mariam mentioned, it was a four 0 win by Chelsea. Fran Kirby got the scoring started in the twenty fifth minute with an absolute stunner. Yep. For that being your first goal of the season, incredible. She just continues to do outrageous, amazing things. Sam Kerr got a double, uh, scored a header, and score, and also scored one of the easiest goals she's ever going to score. Just completely open net, empty net. Um, that was a really funny pass uh, that didn't quite work out. <laughs> Sam Kerr just pushed it into the back of the net because what else are you going to do? Uh, and also Bethany England scored. Actually, it was Aaron Cuthbert who provided the... Um, do, do is ever, are, are you aware in the UK of what a hockey assist is? Uh, I have not heard of that term before. Uh, okay. <laughs> You're have to Basically, the, the assist to the assist. So there was really oh, really the bar assisted, but Aaron Cuthbert smashing the bar. Uh, the ball came off the bar and bounced right to Bethany England's foot, and she kind of reacted. Her celebration was funny. She kind of reacted like, uh, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that and that ended up, that was the end of the scoring 4-0. Comfortable win over Everton. They had a really tough start to their season uh, playing Manchester City and then playing Chelsea, uh, but they took the L. They took a big L. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of, the, one of the interesting things about the match, and we'll talk about this now, is getting into the new formation. Of course, Chelsea stuck with the 3-4-3, except it was shuffled a little bit. Uh, that back line, Magda Eriksson was still on the left, but Jess Carter was on in central as opposed to being on the right. Millie Bright was tasked with being the right-sided center back. Um, in your middle four, you had Guru Wrighton again on the left. 
Then you had Sophie Engel taking the place of Melanie Lupos, and she was next to G as uh, Lupos was against Arsenal. Uh, at right wing back, you had Aaron Cuthbert instead of Neve Charles. So Aaron Cuthbert came in, uh, played defensively in that line uh, on a right wing back role. And then that front three, Pernell Harder, Sam Kerr, Fran Kirby, it's back. Uh, and it was lovely. So, uh, Mariam, what did you think about the lineup? Yeah, as, as you say, you know, a bit of a switch up um, from the, the formation and the lineup we saw against Arsenal. But I really enjoyed the midfield setup. Obviously, it's a, it's a formation we're familiar with, but I think uh, the, the different parts, like, for example, in, Ingles being in there, I think it really gave G and, and Cuthbert a lot more freedom going forward in terms of attacking. They were linking up so well with the front three. And on top of that, having right and back in the side, the, the amount of crosses that were just coming in that area was freed up. And actually, it allowed um, it allowed Harder and it allowed Kirby to sort of dominate the central spaces because that area was being... Um, dominated again by writing and also as you mentioned the the fallback situation that we had going so I really like that and I really liked the the sort of combination of G and Ingles and and to be fair having harder Kerr and Kirby all on the pitch you knew there was going to be goals you knew it was going to be good and you knew it from the opening moment of the game because there was I think there was a shot by Kerr and it was saved and you just knew early in the game that it was going to be a bit of a goal fest. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I completely agree. I think this midfield worked better than the loopholes G midfield. I think Sophie Engel staying back, staying more defensive, um, kind of being in that space, knowing how to move the ball back and forth. Not saying that Melanie loopholes can't do that, but I think when she's next to G, they both kind of move a bit and they become a little disjointed. I also think mm-hmm. G had a pretty good game. I think she stayed pretty composed, didn't stay as high as she did in the Arsenal match. Um, it's kind of stayed around in that midfield area and kind of let Harder or Kirby or even, you know, uh, Aaron Cuthbert tuck in and uh, and kind of move the ball forward as opposed to G doing it or making yourself a target up top. So, yeah, I really I really thought overall the formation looked a lot better uh, than it did against Arsenal. Yeah, I totally agree. So we're going to break it down line by line as we do here on Fran Kirby's Fight Club. We're going to start with the defense, go into the midfield, then go into the attack, talking about how each line did. Uh, then we're going to look at some upcoming games coming up and we're going to discuss a little bit about the Champions League draw because that also happened and uh, a familiar foe has a, has emerged. So <laughs> uh, before we do all that, let's go ahead and keep it uh, with the Everton match. Defense, as we mentioned, uh, and actually let's let's include the wingbacks in this defense, um, in this defensive look, because I do believe that they uh, still had a little... Uh, had, had some work to do, I believe, defensively as well. Everton didn't pose as many threats as Arsenal, but I also think it's large part of that was Chelsea's shape was a lot better uh, and a lot more difficult to break down uh, than what Arsenal provided. So uh, Gore Wrighton at left wing back, Magda Eriksson left-sided center back, Jess Carter playing the sweeper role, Millie Bright right-sided center back, Aaron Cuthbert right wing back. How did you think they did? Against Arsenal, one thing that really... We struggled with a very narrow formation, which meant that they were dominating those flank areas. Um, I I saw a lot of Vivian Medima, so she was being able to make those runs over behind that we were so able to success, successfully stop her from doing last season by um, having that back five. So I think returning to that really allowed us to ensure that we weren't giving any width to the team. And I really think that the back three was something that worked so much was because of the protection we had in midfield. And that's not to say that the Lupolt's G thing doesn't work out, but it, having Engel in there 
and and then obviously having also Wrighton and and Cuthbert playing as those wing back, it just there was even more protection. Um, there were no spaces for Everton to counter attack in the same way Arsenal were able to. Um, those gaps in between the line were filled out because we was we simply had too many people for them to deal with in that central area. They were being crowded out. Um, so I, I agree in what you said in terms of formation. I think that really did show in defence and and. Yeah, as you said, there was a little bit of work to do at times for Chelsea's defence and and even sort of the defensive midfield, but it was just comfortable. It was really comfortable. And then the transition from the defence to midfield was just seamless. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the interesting things that we ended up seeing, of course, was Jess Carter playing a different type of role. You know, she mm-hmm. was on the right, um, looked a little shaky in our, in that Arsenal match, wasn't as uh, perhaps as good as we would have liked to see in that match. But certainly a lot better in this match. Thought that mid that kind of sweeper role in the middle of the back three was really, really important. And I think she really took to that well, kind of stepped up quite a bit. Um, I'm looking at the stats here. She had the most interceptions um, in the in the entire game, um, had five uh, interceptions. And looking at tackles, interceptions, and clearances, looks like she had seven uh, total. So um, had a pretty good game getting in the way <laughs> uh, of things, trying to break up the flow of Everton, particularly when they tried or even thought about attempting uh, to get into the attacking third. So uh, what do you how did you assess her performance from uh, last last week uh, on the right side of this uh, back three versus her playing centrally? I think we've seen that when she plays in, in those flank areas and she has a task of man-marking players that move up and down the pitch like Medima or like Arsenal attack, it, it's something that she struggles with. And that's not to say that her ability or her performance drops, but I think it's something that she finds quite difficult to monitor and track at the same time and also to have that spatial awareness. So I think her playing centrally and, and having that back five has allowed Emma Hayes to put a bit more um, protection and assurity in those assurance in those areas and I think she's obviously much more confident doing it because she knows that she's not sort of by herself in that area she's doubling up as you mentioned with with Bright playing slightly behind her so I, I think it was a lot more comfortable for her to play in that position and I'm, I'm really hoping Emma Hayes spots that because and then going back to playing her back out there where she's not as comfortable um, you know that's clearly an area of concern for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think one one thing that really um, kind of, for me, crystallizes exactly how um, good the defense played in this match. And and I will agree with Emma Hayes, as she said in the post game, that Everton are going to be a much better side uh, as they kind of get more familiar with one another. And I believe that is true. They had a lot of incoming players, but I still think that Chelsea showed quite a bit in this match. Everton's first shot on target didn't come until the 68th minute. Mm-hmm. That was impressive to see. It, it just seemed like we never really had to worry about. I don't think I was ever really worried that our that Everton might actually end up putting the ball in the back of the net, and that is something that was not quite true in the Arsenal match. Um, another player I wanted to spotlight is Aaron Cuthbert. How did you think she did? Because she came in for Neve Charles on that right wing back position. What did she bring to the team that was so uh, different and in a lot of ways much needed? Well, I want to actually go back to a point you just said, which was that Everton really didn't have any chance to attack. And I think one of the big reasons for that, obviously, <clears throat> aside from the obvious in defence, was that there were no spaces to transition into a counter-attack. There were no spaces for them to turn over possession. And that's because of our midfield. And you mentioned Cuthbert there. And I think Cuthbert and Wrighton playing in those wide positions did so much for us because they were driving possession centrally up the pitch and they were 
cancelling out those spaces and gaps where Everton's midfield could have picked up the ball, the turnover. Um, I think it's something that comes quite naturally to Cuthbert. We know of her, her drive and her passion um, going up the pitch. Something I was kind of interested to see was how she would turn that out and going the other way. But as we know, she's more than capable of doing that. And and because we were playing a sort of back five, she had the extra protection of, of like G going a bit further and providing a bit more attacking prowess as we saw in that um that hockey assist. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was really good to see Cuthbert playing that role and I think that it aided our defence and it aided the fact that Everton really weren't able to capitalise on anything the midfield was doing because it simply was no space. Yeah, I think I, I love Neve Charles. I think she's a very interesting uh, player to have on the pitch. I know she played left back a couple times. She's actually not a natural left-footed player, but I think she probably should get into the rotation over there. I just don't know how you don't have Aaron Cuthbert on the pitch. Mm. She is so good, uh, especially when she can kind of be allowed to utilize both sides of her game. And I think this wingback role, I, I would have kind of never figured it um, thinking about this, but uh, but thinking about it now, I kind of think about the wingback role, how it allows her to take advantage of a lot of the offensive skills that she has, but certainly some of the defensive skills that she has as well. I'm thinking one um, play, one phase of play in particular really pops out to me. And that was, I believe G was, was one of the times when she came up, we were really putting Everton under a lot of pressure. They were just trying to block shots and they blocked a shot from G and the ball kind of spun out um, right to an Everton player who had basically the majority of the pitch in front with nobody in, with nobody in front. It could have been one of those really dangerous transition moments where they were able to put the defense or put our defense under immediate pressure and in a split second. Aaron Cuthbert recognizes that, comes from her right wing back position, comes basically starts playing defensive midfield and has the ball recovered within a second, maybe, <laughs> maybe not even that. I mean, just her her recognition of that moment and going and recovering the ball so that nobody even had to like start sprinting back. <laughs> they were able to stay forward and continue to attack because Aaron Cuthbert diagnosed it, read it, and went and got the ball and won it. And I think it's so amazing to see her when she's at the peak of her abilities. And I think this particular formation brings that out in her because she knows she's got tons of protection on either side. One thing that w- that concerns me sometimes, and I think it was that, tactical video that Om posted he's mm-hmm. we're gonna have to mention him at least once every podcast <laughs> and Emma Hayes was doing the you know the commentary on the side and she was loud and vocal in an empty stadium we could hear her and one thing that she kept telling Cuthbert was to avoid drifting and I think that's yeah. something that Cuthbert can do when she's having to monitor or track or man mark players um that's the only thing I'm concerned about her in a potential wing back position but because of this formation, she has a lot of protection on either side. So I think it, it brought out the best. And if this is what Emma Hayes wants to do moving forward, then I think that would be the perfect position for her. Absolutely. And so let's let's move on to midfield. We talked about it a little bit. You know, it was a different midfield. Sophie Ingle was on and G was next to her. So this is a pretty different uh, midfield um, in the way that it operated as well from what we saw in the Arsenal match. So uh, let's see. What was your assessment of their play and how uh, the Ingle-G midfield looked? Oh God, I, I love G. I love her so much. And what I loved especially what she did in this in this particular game. She was so influential in um I guess what you know, last season we saw her in a bit of a conservative role playing in a more defensive position. So it's been quite a bit of time we've seen her in a bit more of an attacking role. And along um alongside Ingle, she's able to do that. She's creating a lot of possession for Kirby and Kerr in front of her by 
having that channel of attack. So she was driving possession up front, um, you know, and that gave Kirby the the space to come in much more centrally. And then knowing that Ingle would just sit behind her, she was just simply creating a lot of passes. And Ingles as well was doing the same because as we know, um, she's capable of doing that. She's capable of playing a more attacking role. She's capable of, of being quite lucrative with her possession. But she understood what to do in sitting deep and she allowed G to go forward. And the link up between G, Kirby and, and Kerr at times, whether it was for crosses or through balls, it did seem like G was kind of in her element and that Ingles was allowing her to, to be that kind of version of herself. I think that is a great point, and that is exactly the role that I want to see. That That's basically how I want to see G play, because I think there is a role in order to be able to progress the ball forward and connect with that attack that I think she does brilliantly. Looking at the um, stats from the game, G was second in most uh, passes completed. And wow. the first was Magda Erickson. So you're talking about a center back. <laughs> and uh, it was it was G in midfield. She completed 60 passes. Um, I, she was three for three on all of her long passes. And she had the most progressive passes on the team pretty much by far. Sophie Engel had nine, but G had 11. And so you, and obviously Everton was, you know, under a lot of pressure, but that's still incredible. And I love that G was able to kind of play this role, play this position a little, a, a little differently than we saw versus Arsenal. And I thought she did a really, really fantastic job of being able to make sure that the ball is moving forward into dangerous spaces, but also playing passes to feet, playing passes to space where Chelsea players could be first to the ball. So it was a really, really solid performance from her. Mm. Um, how about Engel? What do you think Engel provided? Uh, I know you mentioned that she had uh, her defensive capabilities really kept things kind of calm at the back and allowed G to kind of play that game. But um, sort of in addition to that, did you see anything else with with uh, Sophie Engel that really helped? I did um, see something that I found quite interesting with Ingle and that one, one thing with her was the communication that she had with other players in the midfield. Um, our midfield, like most of the teams in WSL, are quite interchangeable and, and as the players were moving in different positions, like sometimes if G came forward or if Cuthbert pushing forward, she was able to know when to fill in the spots and when to, to push back and cover for her players and I think that allowed our midfield to almost pull at Everton in so many different ways and angles and, and, and directions that they weren't quite sure how to defend against us. Yeah, and I think Sophie Engel also brought this a little bit of, you know, aggression, you know, just kind of dissuading Everton from saying, like, you you really don't want to try and attack us at the moment. <laughs> like, you you really don't want to do that. You really don't want to be in here uh, trying to move the ball against our midfield. So she, uh, between the midfielders, she had the most pressures of, of Everton players trying to carry the ball forward. Uh, she had 19. Uh, G had 13. I'm actually looking at FB ref, by the way. So if people want to want to know where they can check out the stats, this is where I'm getting all these numbers from. Um, so yeah, it was a really impressive performance from her. I think she also had a pretty high uh, successful uh, passing rate as she does. But one of my favorite things from, from Sophie Engel from the match was that left-footed volley that she took that basically <laughs> flew to the moon. Uh, I'm like, you know what? You got to you gotta do it. If you're, if you're going to be known for scoring bangers on the team, when an opportunity arrives like that, you just got to hit it. Yeah, she just, it, it, you know, it came to her. And I, I in my head, I thought, <laughs> in my head, I remembered that goal against Arsenal that she scored a while back, the one that she's kind of iconic for. And I was yes. thinking, is it is it happening again? Are we going to see two of these in a few seasons? <laughs> Uh, so I mean, every time she winds up to shoot, I just assume it's going in. So, so the fact like I can joke around a little bit about it, that would not really being close. But anytime she does that, it's it's you have to be 
at least on the edge of your seat a little bit and expect it to hit the back of the net. <laughs> um, so let's get to the players that actually did put the ball in the back of the net. No shade there to, <laughs> to Sophie. <laughs> we know what she can do. But yeah, let's talk about the attack. This was the front three, obviously, we've been waiting to see. Um, understand why they weren't able to start versus Arsenal was too soon. You know, too many players coming back, not enough time, not enough built up fitness. But this is what the attack is going to look like. And honestly, this is, in my opinion, the the function of the 3-4-3 that is really exciting. Yeah. It's being able to get these players in space all along that, you know, the attacking third. You know, we saw, we mentioned Fran Kirby's goal. She was technically the right-sided forward. She collected that ball on the left inside the box and was able to curl a shot into the far post um, with her right foot. So, like, you're seeing a lot of interchanging. You're seeing players pick up the ball all along there, um, all along the attacking um, line. And it's just really, really exciting to see. So what did you think about the fluidity of seeing these three back uh, on the pitch in the attacking uh, in the attacking line? The thing is, though, like for any opposition team, when you see those three names on the, on the starting lineup, you know they're going to be goals because yeah. each of the players, Kirby, Kerr and Harder, present different skills and different assets. Kirby, as you mentioned, is able to score in, any, in almost any position. She's able to provide for her players. Sam Kerr is very physical and also tactical with her runs in the, in, into the box. And Harder is able to provide crosses as well as link up um, at almost all angles. And again, like you mentioned, the interchangeability. Um, there was no sort of set of... You know, of course, we know exactly where these players play, but there was no set formational place. They were simply just linking it, and they were vibing. They really were just vibing and in their in their own sort of mood, and and sort of passing on each other and picking up on each other. And it was so it literally just it just seemed telepathic. And and as you mentioned, that fluidity exactly what you know what we saw. It was coming through the midfield and having G there pass it through was just it was just amazing to see and and Everton was simply just so wound up and so kind of almost confused at how to defend <laughs> that they were literally passing to our players um <laughs> so you know the goals simply the goals were amazing like like you mentioned Fran Kirby's first goal her opening goal an absolute stunner how she creates that space for herself pushes on through defense and, and that curling shot and then you think of Kerr coming into the box and fighting off defenders it's it's exactly what we wanted to see and, and we knew we had it in the bank it's just that like you said against Arsenal it was too soon there were too many players too many COVID restrictions and and sort of quarantine issues and and now they're back they're back and they're they're back to scoring yes and we talked before the season about players that we wanted to see step up and how Chelsea could get even better than they were last season one player in particular was Pernille Harder this is yep. why I am so excited about this formation because it allows her to play her game. And her game is she just gets involved wherever she can, whether it's in midfield, whether it's in, in like a number 10 role, whether it's out wide. She has fantastic dribbling ability. She was really good in this match. I'm actually sad she didn't score. Uh, she needs a little bit more, a <laughs> little bit, little bit more sharpness, I believe, in her finishing, but it's understandable because it's early in the season. But she was exceptional in this match. She had the most progressive carries of any player on the pitch. She had 10, which meant she was all over the place, taking the ball, carrying it to the attack. Just so, so impressive to see. Um, she had eight shots. One was on target. Uh, but I, I, like I said, it was still early in the, in, the, in the season. I do expect that obviously will improve. We know she can score goals. And the big thing for me is she had 
she was successful on three out of three dribble attempts. Just a phenomenal performance from her. And I really do think that if this formation continues and we actually get to see the real Pernell Harder uh, alongside Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby, both doing exactly what they do, that is going to take the team to a completely different level because Harder is a very, very different player than we saw last season. And it seems like Emma Hayes figured out, okay, in order to get her integrated, these are the spaces I need to provide for her. And this 3-4-3 does it. And I'm just I'm just so excited because especially because you have Google Wrighton on the left on the left flank. So you still mm-hmm. have a presence on the left flank that still demands attention. We saw her pick up an assist. She basically put the <laughs> put the ball right on Sam Kerr's forehead for that goal. And that's what Google Wrighton can do. But you can leave that flank open and let Pernell Harder kind of go where she wants to go because you have such a player like Google Wrighton. So I'm was so, so excited to see this. And this is kind of how I envisioned it all working. And in their first kind of run out together as a front three in this new formation, I'm just really excited to see how this can build. And I think uh, you mentioned on hard. I think a lot of people forget about how good of a goal scorer she is. There's yes. a stat that I shared with you last week when we were kind of discussing about how we want to see more of her. And that was um, from footballrich.com, which was talking about how she scored 113, no, 103 goals in 113 mm-hmm. games. And that's pretty much on par with most strikers and although we haven't seen that yet as you mentioned last season it's probably because the formation wasn't right for her and I think that this is a formation that is really going to allow her to come into that space and and score those goals because we know we know how well she can provide we know her assists her crosses her passes but I think the interchangeability of this 3-4-3 I think it allows her to get into those goal scoring positions and we saw that against Everton and I think we're going to see more of that in the upcoming weeks. So a quick question, or, or not a quick question, I want to I follow up on a comment because you mentioned that scoring record. I think that's really important for people to understand. So Wolfsburg was a very good team, particularly with Pernell Harder on it. Of course, they were stacked with a lot of other goal scorers, some of which are still there. They're still a very good team, and obviously we'll talk about them a little bit more later. Um, but everybody was talking about you know Vivian Miedema hitting that um, target, you know, having that outrageous goal scoring record for Arsenal. Like Mariam just said, Pernell Harder is a similar type of player. Did the exact same thing in terms of goals per game. Um, well over 100 and over and just over 100 appearances. I can't remember the exact number. I think you said it was 103, 103 goals and 118 appearances. 103 and 113. There we go. And, and so that is just absurd. So that's yep. the type of player she is. And obviously that number is she was the focal point of there, uh, so much of what they did. And that won't quite be the case with Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby, but that is the type of player we have. And so being able to get a lot more production than we did last year, nine goals, three assists in the league, I believe she can be a double digit goal scorer um, way, way up there. I mean, not, not just 10, I mean like 15 to 20, but also double digit assist, uh, especially in this kind of formation. So I'm really, really looking forward uh, to what she can do. Is there is there another player that looked at like how did you think the um, Kirby connection <laughs> looked uh, in this formation? Obviously, it's one game, but how did you think they looked? Well, it looked like they they hadn't stopped playing. It looked like they picked up where they left <laughs> off last season. They just both seem so very comfortable playing around each other that it it seems like it's been going on for years and years when it's only been a few seasons. Um, again, I think having G in that sort of more attacking position helped provide a channel to them. Um, she was able to come out wide and provide through passes, but at the same time, in sort of independent of that, they were both just 
so seamless in their transitions with each other. You know, if Kirby was was out on the wing, you'd find Sam Kerr in the box. She's waiting. She's waiting for that ball to come in. She knows it's going to be a perfect pass. Um, if Sam Kerr was sort of milling around, Kirby would make that run and, and, and try to be in, in the middle for her partner. I don't know if, if I can think of any other duo in the WSL or even in, in the world in general that are so, and I keep using the word telepathic because there's no other word for it, mm-hmm. than than these two and I think we we saw it perfectly in this game you know Kirby got one Sam Kerr got two and I'm I'm thinking that maybe this could be another season where both of them are going to get into double digits so I have a question for you and I know it's early Ooh. and I know this is the first game that the three <laughs> uh forwards play set play together so um especially in the new formation so obviously this is grain of salt but this is just me asking a question do you think we are too reliant on crosses? We had 20 crosses Ooh, in the match. And I know that this formation allows for that. And that's kind of something that's why you pull the wing backs up high to try to get them, you know, serving the ball in from those wide areas. I understand that. But there also is some of the old, you know, there's a very, there's, there's a big difference between just hitting the ball into the box and actually constructing, you know, passing movements and attacking third. So do you think 20 crosses is a bit too much? Yes and no. Yes, I think it's <laughs> a lot for the game. Um, I think if we're thinking about why that happened in terms of a game plan for Everton, it is possible that we were looking to to maximise and protect those areas out on the flanks because we knew it was an area of concern against Arsenal and we knew it was an area of concern against Everton this time last season. We played them pretty early in the season. Um, at the same time, I I think that we were doing a lot centrally. It's, even though it seems like a lot of crosses, it's not like it was exclusively that. We were doing a lot centrally. Um, but often those areas out on the flanks were where, where Kirby was finding herself in and we automatically made ourselves available in the box. For it to only result in one headed goal, um, it does seem like a lot. But I think that maybe that's probably because, and I keep saying this, it's it's an area of concern for us. We discussed it a little bit on the back of the Champions League last season. We've discussed it, you know, in the beginning of the season, and we know it was a problem in the beginning of last season. So I'm wondering whether Emma Hayes has a an idea or a tactic or something in mind to make sure that that doesn't persist, seeing as we haven't really invested in terms of financially and 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 signings wise in in a player that can help us with that. Yeah, I think it is something to keep an eye on. I'm not quite worried about it just yet. Obviously, this is the first time, as I mentioned, caveat, you know, massive grain of salt in, in that question. Um, we'll, we'll definitely see how things go. I just think with so many players who are so good at floating in, in and around the box, getting the ball wide, sure, you can try and, and have Google right and try to find Sam Kerr's head every now and then because she's going to, and we saw that in this match. But I also think it might be helpful um, to be able to utilize those players who get into the box, find space in the box, putting the defense under pressure. Pernell Harder is excellent at that. We know Frank Kirby is excellent at that. And then the passing between those three, once they get into the box, can be excellent. So, you know, I'm I'm not concerned about it um, at all. I think Everton really were under a lot of pressure, so it's not like we resorted to just, you know, long crosses. You know, a lot of them were somewhat short in terms of Pernell Harder being inside the box um, Fran Kirby being inside the box, trying to find Sam Kerr um, at this, you know, at the goal line for a tap in. So some of it was that. So I'm not, I'm not too worried, but I do like to see some of the, some of the more central build up play, and hope we don't lose some of that um, mm. as we, as we kind of f- flow into this new formation. 
Yeah, that's that's sort of on point, I think, with what I'm thinking too. Gotcha. So uh, all in all, quite an impressive performance from Chelsea. We loved seeing it. Uh, we love celebrating goals. We love that Fran Kirby scored a banger for her very first. <laughs> we are very <laughs> excited about that. Hence the name of the podcast. Definitely going to shout that out again. Uh, I had to repost it on the Twitter account today because it was just incredible. And uh, what else would you expect from us? Come on. Um, but now let's take a look at some upcoming matches and we get to see there is an international break that's going to kind of get in the way a little bit. But after that, we do get right back into WSL action. And our next opponent is Manchester United. The, the football gods have really looked down on us on this fixture list, haven't they? <laughs> they have. But, you know, this is this is definitely an interesting United team because they are not the United team that they were last season. They don't have Casey Stoney. They don't have Kristen Press. They don't have Tobin Heath. And they don't even have Lauren James anymore. They don't have Jess Sigsworth. <laughs> they had, there's been quite a bit of turnover over there. Obviously, they have started two wins out of two in their WSL campaign. I am going to go ahead and throw out a pretty big grain of salt because they beat Reading uh, 2-0, and they also beat Leicester City, who are new uh, to mm-hmm. the WSL, just that. got promoted, uh, beat them 3-1. So the record looks good, but diving a little deeper, you kind of see perhaps they haven't faced the level of quality, or we know they haven't faced the level of quality that they're going to face against Chelsea. And the other thing is, you know, they're under a new manager this season, Mark Skinner, and yes. his style of, of play is totally different from what Casey Stoney uses, and especially since their old midfield has kind of been revamped. No Lauren James, they're not playing out um, out wide with a very sort of fullback heavy game. Uh, they have Ella Toon, who's been scoring goals for them. But apart from that, as you mentioned, not really much of a test, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do think I, I do have to shout out their defense. Their defense seems to be pretty solid um, in, in, these, in both of these matches. And that's something that you don't necessarily expect uh, from this United team uh, with all the turnover and everything you do expect. Uh, particularly with, like you mentioned, a rebuilt kind of midfield, you do expect to see um, the defense being able to come under attack a bit more. And obviously this could be because they haven't faced the quality. Um, a, a, an opponent, say, in the top, expected to be in the top, you know, five or six in the table. So we'll have to see um, what what they look like against Chelsea. Um, what are kind of the things that you're looking at? Where do you think Chelsea could really exploit this United team? Obviously, under Skinner, you only got a couple matches to kind of review what he's doing. Uh, but what do you think Chelsea can really do to them to put them under pressure? Well, I think the big thing for me is is whether or not we see this formation again next week. We we see whether or not Emma Hayes realizes that this is a formation to progress with and persist with. Um, because I think if we have with the same lineup that we use today, um, I think that will be first of all a good experiment to see whether or not this works against other teams teams that have a particularly low uh low block high press situation going on in their midfield that we know that united did have a lot last season but we obviously don't know if that's something they want to persist with under skinner um in that sense i think i think maybe that the fallback areas are the areas where we might be able to get them because you mentioned 20 crosses now their fallback game used to be pretty strong um but i do know that obviously that's been a bit revamped under skinner so that's another thing and i think the the midfield situation it will be really interesting to see how g particularly performs so i remember her playing um in this um 
playing in this fixture last season, early on in the season. And she was one of the players that we mentioned about how she hadn't made the most of the midfield and she really struggled to provide attackingly. But if she is playing a little bit further and Ingles is in there instead of loopholes and she is able to provide that channel to attack, I think that will be the big area where we can transition in, in counter-attacks and that will be the area where we'll be able to get Kerr and Kirby into, into goal-scoring action. Absolutely. And you know what? I also want to say to United fans, I doubt they're listening, <laughs> but I do want to say you're welcome for your new defense. Hannah Blundell <laughs> went from Chelsea to Manchester United. Maria Thorostater is there and had a really good match in the first uh, United match. So yeah, you're welcome. We will I see she, what um, they're she, able to do. <laughs> she scored, didn't she, the other day? Did she? Yeah, I think it was in the Leicester game she scored for them. So I'm really glad to see that she can. She has that side of uh, her game, and I'm just not glad that it's for United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We really don't ever love seeing players, you know, go to Manchester United uh, from Chelsea. Still, still a rival, even though they're kind of new on the on the scene for um, for women's football. And certainly being, you know, losing Casey Stoney was kind of a big deal. And so there were a lot of unfortunate um, reports, I believe, coming out of Manchester United. So I, for the players there, I certainly hope that, that's, that things are improving there uh, and that, you know, those players are doing well. We just hope that it's not against us. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, and yeah, you're right. Actually, against uh, against Leicester, she uh, Maria Thorstadter ended up getting a goal. So you know, shout out to her. I, I do appreciate that she wanted to play more and uh, and found a found a home. So yeah, just uh, like I said, not against Chelsea. No thanks. But uh, let's move to the draw, the Champions League draw that happened. Yeah. What? Just just your first reaction, noticing that, and you you probably felt it coming, right? We we knew that eventually. Maybe you didn't think so soon, but we knew that eventually it was going to be Chelsea. It was going to be Wolfsburg again. Yeah, I think a lot of people saw it and were like, you know, kind of like, oh, oh, this again. And I was just sitting there thinking, <laughs> it can't be possible. Like, how how do they do this? Because it's, it's happened before with other teams and now it's us. And, and you know, lo- the last time we beat them before that, we had this run of just kind of... of being defeated by them I thought you know we finally broken that we won't have to face them for a while now fingers crossed and the very next season who are we facing Wolfsburg you, you can't script it <laughs> yeah absolutely it's it is one of those things where it was like yeah when you look at the pots and how everything was going uh when you know the draw as the random draw I'm doing air quotes uh you just kind of knew this was <laughs> going to end up happening so yes Chelsea is in a group with Wolfsburg also Juventus and Servette. It's a Switzerland team, I believe, um, that I honestly do not know a lot about, but we will find out when those matches come up. Do you? How much do you either know about Servette or if you don't have much on them, how about Juventus and how um, they've been, they've kind of been growing recently. So that is going to be an interesting match. Yeah, Juventus, I think will be pretty interesting. They've been developing their team for a while now. They had a few sort of summer transfers come in. Um, I know that, over in the Italian league, it's it's they've been working pretty well to get to the top of the league there. So domestically, they've been doing pretty good, and we saw a bit of them last season as well in action um, across competitions. I think it'll be interesting to see how Chelsea are able to apply themselves to a team from from a league that's much different to the WSL. You know, we've seen against the Bundesliga, uh, we've played against other teams uh, from other leagues, but I think this will be quite interesting and and. To be completely honest, I don't know a lot about Servet, but um, 
you know, what are the odds that that'll be the one game where something sort of interesting will happen or Emma Hayes will change up the team and, and then we'll see a whole other formations. So it, it will be interesting. It's an interesting group. And I, I, you know, as much as I'm not looking forward to having to go through a stress, a very stressful sort of thing with Wolfs, with the whole Wolfsburg situation, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to whether or not um, Emma Hayes is going to stick with what we did last season or whether she's got a new plan in mind. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And yeah, we, we will definitely make sure that we have, you know, some research ahead of these matches because we want to make sure that we're giving y'all good information. Um, so we definitely will do more research on Servette, which again, as we both admitted, don't know a lot about, but we will absolutely <laughs> know more about them uh, definitely before we play them. Uh, and also Juventus. Uh, I think Juventus has some pretty good players, surely Barbara Bonincea, uh, who's been a really, really impressive player on the international level and also uh, for Juventus. So yeah, there are some some very interesting matchups. And wouldn't you know it, the first match, getting straight to it, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea hosting Wolfsburg is the very first match in round one. Uh, that's happening on the 6th of October. Uh, on the 13th of October, Juve, uh, Chelsea goes to Italy to play Juve. Uh, and then Chelsea is away again in Switzerland at Servette uh, on the 9th of November. On the 18th of November, Chelsea comes back and plays Servette again. Uh, this time they're coming to Kings Meadow round five. Got Juve again. There, Juve is coming to Kings Meadow. And then we wrap it up as expected. Round six. Gonna be big, actually. This could be this this one could be for the top of the league, actually, right? Depending on how the all the other you know matches play out, but you're kind of expecting this to happen. Pretty much think that um it's gonna come down to Wolfsburg versus Chelsea in Germany to see who yep. tops that group. Just he just got a feeling that it's gonna it's gonna go down to the wire. Yeah, I would expect it. I would expect it. <laughs> but you know what? We 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 as we mentioned last last season when we did the podcast, we exercised that demon already, right? We we've gone out to Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg not just out of the Champions League too many times. We don't like talking about it. What happened most recently is Chelsea knocking out Wolfsburg. So. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling good. I think this is going to be a very fun group. Uh, I like a lot of the other groups too, like that Arsenal-Barcelona match. Those are going to be very intriguing. Uh, I think Bayern Munich and Lyon also have to play. They're in a group. So we've got some very, very interesting matches in these early group stages. Um, actually, speaking of which, uh, what are some of the draws that you're most excited to see? Oh God, I guess you've got to kind of think about the other English teams because that's that's the most interesting thing. I think that Chelsea obviously has been a big one for for us, and I I think that definitely we see the other women's team because you know you know it's gonna be one of those things where it gets past the group stages and we end up with one of the other ones, and that will be like an old WSL thing like it was last season. Um, and the kind of matches we had last season were insane, but I think that the, the, sort of keeping an eye on PSG and Leon as well that's that's going to be one of those big ones. Because yeah. I just I just don't think I feel like last season was the season because they got out early somehow we did nobody expected that nobody expected them to be kicked out of the competition that they basically own um <laughs> yeah. and and sort of you know they were really upset about that they were really angry they made a huge <laughs> deal over the summer with signing so I think that they are going to be ready to to make sure that doesn't happen again so I got to keep an eye on those teams as well. Yeah, I think that's really important. And you know who we won't be seeing from England? Manchester City. I just yep. got to make sure I say that with a big smile on my face. Yep. They didn't make it, did they? they didn't make the hit. They sure didn't. They got knocked out over two legs by Real Madrid. So shout out to Real Madrid. This is kind of their inaugural foray into the Champions League. And they did it at the expense of Manchester City. Not normally one to root for Real Madrid. But in this case, thank you for providing the laughs. laughs. 
That was amazing. Um, uh, Mariam, before we get out of here, is there any last thing that you wanted to say, either about Chelsea women, about the Champions League or anything else? I'm just excited. I'm excited to see whether or not we persist with what we're doing tactically at the moment. And I think if we do, it's like you mentioned, it's possible that we'll be able to have a similar kind of result against United, given given the situation they're in at the moment, having lost quite a few of their big players. So I'm looking forward to next week. And, and obviously it's another Sunday kickoff because that's exactly what it is each week. Uh, they do make us wait extra, extra long to see Chelsea play. But I guess if you're a fan of Fran Kirby and you know what she's she's capable of, then that's, that's the price you pay. So I'm looking forward to that and I'm hoping for more goals. That's true. And yes, the season is in full swing. We have the Champions League group stages all set. Um, we're excited. We're excited. Uh, Chelsea looks to be back to their winning ways, definitely back to scoring goals, which we love to see. So very excited to see how this team takes to the rest of this three, the three, four, three. Also interested to see more players get involved in it. So I think once we get a pretty good base and foundation of a players that know how to play, I would like to see a Nick Nowen, our new signing at center back. Yeah. I would like to see Jesse Fleming come in. So yeah, I think we still have quite a few things that we can do in this formation, but it makes me excited that we've already had a performance um, that showed quite a bit of improvement from the first match of the season. Yeah, we haven't even had time to really talk about Lauren James, so that right. in itself is exciting. Yeah, it's that's that's just remarkable. So yeah, I a whole lot to look forward to, and we will be there with you the entire way. Thanks for listening to us once again. We appreciate all the likes, shares, retweets, and more. Uh, if you listen to us on an app that allows you to review and rate, please do give us the highest rating possible, five stars. Uh, give us a little review shout out as well. We really appreciate it. We just want to be here to celebrate the team, support the team, spread the word about the team, grow the community around the team because they deserve it and have deserved it for a very long time, as, as has Fran Kirby. We are both massive, massive Fran Kirby fans. <laughs> we will never stop singing the praises of one Fran Kirby. But never. apart from that, make sure you listen in uh, and, and we'll make sure you listen in to our review after the United match. And we will see you guys next week with hopefully another win, another three points and another bunch of goals. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. Before we get out of here, we got to oh do my predictions. God. I forgot too. <laughs> you were trying to get away with it. You were closing us up. <laughs> I was. You're I was well getting us out of intro. here. You could right. get away with it. <laughs> your, your prediction your for game. the United match. I know what you're doing. <laughs> at least I at least I call. I I, I confessed. I confessed. I was, I was waiting for the podcast to end so I could confront you and be like, what is this? You thought you could get away. No, I'm kidding. I actually kind of forgot to. <laughs> um it's a difficult one because part of me wants to like maybe there's always a part of me that wants to be on the conservative side but I I you know what I'm going to go in and say there are going to be loads of goals especially if Emma Hayes persists with this formation because it brings out the best in our attacking front uh three so I'm gonna go with a three nil I think it's going to be a clean sheet oh I'm so mad I should have gone first because you I was were going to say that right <laughs> Oh, of course you were going to claim to say I that. was definitely going to think 3-0. I, I, seriously, I was going to think 3-0 because I don't think that United is going to be able to hurt us too much. Um, I think Elatoons had a great kind of uh, start to the season in this false nine role, but I think we've kind of figured out um, a, the, the central defensive pairing and how to arrange it. So I think um, even if Jess Carter is again in the center, I think that's still going to allow for her uh, to be pretty well contained. So I don't see them really damaging us too much. 
And I see Chelsea being able to flow again. So I, I, I'm sorry. I know I know. if I keep, now that I have a lead, if I just keep mirroring your projections, I can't lose. I promise not to do that. But for this week, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say 3-0. Well, that's not, I feel like, no, I don't know if this is fair. Because then, then if we get 3-0, then both of us get a point. That's not how this system works. Okay, then let's do this tiebreaker. Who scores the first goal? Damn it to hell. Um... <laughs> Well, no, because we're both going to say Frank Kirby. That's not fair either. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to choose some, whoever you choose. I'm going to choose somebody different. I promise. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> I'm saying Sam Kerr. You better yeah, not see, say that, you were thinking. See, that's a good that. one. <laughs> that is a good one. I mean, it's hard. I mean, Sam Kerr scores goals. That's what she does. So it's hard for me to choose anybody else. But I promised. So I'm going to go with Pernille Harder. I think Harder's going to, she's in the mood. She's she's picking up the ball in those spaces. We're going to see one of those classic Pernille Harder goals where she basically dribbles through half the defense and scores. I think she's going to do something like that. It's going to put United on their heels, and then we're going to just attack, 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 till it's 3-0. That's what I'm going with. this in my special folder. <laughs> There we go. And I'll put it in the and I'll put it in the dock too. So we're good. We're good. Trust me. <laughs> All right. And now we are done. Uh thank you for listening again to Fran Curry's Fight Club and we will talk to y'all next week.